Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. And I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. and you're a wonder. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're a wonder. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We don't have to be in a hurry. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise your name in this place, God. We praise your name, God. We kneel to you today, God. the sovereign God you're bigger than every circumstance Jesus you're bigger than every sickness Jesus holy are you Lord God mighty are you Lord Jesus mighty are you Jesus hallelujah We bless the name of God in this place. He's a worthy God, and he's worthy of all the praise, all the glory, and all the adoration. And we thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to go back to Ephesians. We're not going to read that entire chapter, but just a couple of verses that we're going to tease out. If you'll go back with me to Ephesians, the second chapter. Bless the name of God. Hallelujah. 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 If you'll just go to the eighth verse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Hop over with me to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter again, and that eighth verse. I'm going to read it from the KJV. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You are holy. You are mighty. You are wonderful. We love you and we need you. Lord, this is your time. This is your time. God, take over. Take over, Lord God. Speak to your people today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, God. I am your vessel. May I decrease, God, so that you may have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. We honor the Lord. We honor our bishop. 
and our first lady in their absence this morning. Amen. To our elders and ministers and to you, the Lord's people. Good morning, everybody. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of God. So this morning we're going to talk about or speak from the thought, grace for the push. Grace for the push. And so I was thinking about the fact that it's crazy, but we're in the last quarter of the year. Cannot believe that. Last quarter of the year. It is October 30th. My baby's birthday, by the way. Kingston is two today. Amen. Amen. Shout out to Kingston. Um, and so it's the last quarter of the year, and, and we have talked about since the beginning of the year about completing tasks, right? That's our theme for the year is, is completing tasks. And so some of us have been pressing to get tasks completed by the year's end, getting things accomplished, or you might just be trying to get through life in general. Amen. Um, and so you started off the year with some steam, but now that steam is hard to come by. Sometimes that steam is hard to come by. It may even seem, may even seem like hope is a little hard to come by sometimes. And um, sometimes you need a little bit of, of encouragement. And so I just wanted to encourage you that your pressing has not and will not be in vain. And so God is propelling you by his grace. He is the help that we need. Amen. We, um, we are blessed because his grace is his unmerited favor. That is what his grace is, his unmerited favor. And so this, this beautiful, beautiful attribute of God, his grace, is giving you and me a, a second win for the race. Amen. Um, it's giving us the stamina we need for this long haul called life. Um, we, we can't do this alone. I don't know about you, but I can't do it alone. I need his grace. We need his grace. And I can promise you that this word is most definitely for me today as well. And so if you recall, earlier on in our studies of, of theology you can count on, we talked about God's grace. And in our Theology We Can Count On book, Dr. Evans defines grace this way. He says it is God's inexhaustible supply of goodness by which he does for us what we could not do for ourselves, what we could never do for ourselves. And so his grace shows us who he is. He's this kind, loving father. He showed us who he is as a father when he willingly sent his son. He willingly sent his son, Jesus, to pay a debt for us, to pay the price for us. And so as we read in Ephesians 2, it shows us that his grace is on display and was on display on the, on the cross when he allowed us to be called his sons and daughters. And that grace gave us salvation. Amen. It gave us new life, which we didn't deserve and still don't. And so God's grace is still keeping us because we have favor in his sight because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, scripture tells us that his grace is sufficient, amen, and that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And that means it is enough when we are not enough. That means that it is enough when we're running low on steam for the day. I don't know about you, but I've had several days in the last month where I've been running low on steam. Running low on steam, running low on patience, running low on tolerance. But I thank God for his grace because his grace is what kept me on those days when my energy and my steam and my patience and my tolerance was a little thin. His grace was there. And I thank God for his grace. I thank God that his grace was enough 
when I had no idea how things were going to pan out because I didn't have all the pieces together. His grace was enough. His grace is sufficient. Amen. And we can fully rely on him. Now, this is the same grace that was extended to Moses when he killed the Egyptian, when he used Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, when he revealed his grace and glory to him on Mount Sinai. It's the same grace. The children entered the promised land by God's grace, his benevolence, no goodness of their own. And they were a stiff-necked people, stiff-necked people. And that same grace covered a multitude of David's sins. Amen. But God still used him greatly. And that grace led David to just fall in love with God. And we read that. We see that in the Psalms, how David loved the Lord. And so his grace is at work in your life, just like his grace was at work in David's life, in Moses's life, in all of these biblical characters' lives. So I encourage you to let his grace Draw you to his throne before you give out of steam. Allow his grace to draw you to the throne. Let his grace draw you into a place of intimacy like he shared with Moses. There was an intimacy that Moses and God shared. They talked as if they were face-to-face, as if they were friends. Amen. And we know that Moses didn't literally see God face-to-face. But that is to, to share and communicate the intimacy that they shared. And so God wants us to have that same intimacy with him. And so in those areas of, the, of your life where you feel weak, in those areas where you feel like you need to grow, ask him for grace. There's grace for that. There's grace for that. Now I want to share some scriptures with you. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. There's the difference, right? Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need so we can go to him for that grace that we need. And so then I want you to to read Isaiah 41 and 10, and you can jot these down. Isaiah 41 and 10, it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you, uphold you with my righteous hand. He is able. Amen. He's able. And so this is what David said in Psalm 27, 13 through 14. This is the word. I would have fainted. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on Lord. Y'all, the word is life. The word is life and it will bless you. And you will see his grace at work if you just take the time to read the scriptures. The scriptures encourage you. The scriptures can help to give you a little more steam for the day. It can give you some steam for the day. And so we read several Old Testament scriptures and talked about Old Testament characters. But I want us to to look at Paul. So in the New Testament, in 1 Timothy 
12 through first chapter, 12 through the 17th verse, Paul testifies of the Lord's grace at work in his life and praises God for it. And, and Paul said in this passage of scripture, he said that he was the worst of sinners, the worst of sinners. And so we cannot afford to ignore or not recognize his grace at work in our everyday lives, his benevolence, his goodness, what he is doing that is propelling you forward, even in the worst of times, even in the darkest of times. Paul saw the worst of times. Paul saw the darkest of times. Even in chains, Paul gave God glory because he knew that God's grace was at work in his life, but for the grace of God. Now, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. It ain't just you. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So it is important to be sober. It's important to be sober because sometimes when you're going through stuff, your vision can be real hazy. You forget who God is. You forget what his grace looks like because the enemy has you in a stupor. Because the enemy has you thinking thoughts that should be cast down. And so we have to be sober and remember who the enemy is and remember that he's just doing his job. And we have to do ours and stay in his word and stay sober. The enemy comes to deceive us. He comes to deceive us in such a way that we sink down low. And we find ourselves in a place of despair um, because we don't recognize God's grace. We're not recognizing his favor and work in your life. But you will not stay stuck. You don't have to be stuck. And you need to declare that over yourself. I will not be stuck. You don't have to be stuck. How do we keep ourselves from getting stuck? Stuck in that that, that muck and that mire that the enemy wants to keep us in, that holding pattern, that place that does not serve us well. You stay in prayer. We hear it all the time. It sounds cliche, but y'all, stay in prayer. Stay in worship. Blast your music on the way to work. That's what I do sometimes. Lift your hands up, just one of them, while you're driving, but worship the Lord. <laughs> Worship God, I'm tell, it makes a difference. On those mornings when I don't want to get up and go to work, because them, never mind. But when I don't want to get up and go to work, worshiping, praying, and, and giving it to the Lord on my way to work, it, it, it changes my countenance. So that when I walk in the building, people don't see the funk I was in, but they see God. Not because of me, but because of God. Right, and so we got to be real about this stuff. Life be lifing, okay? Life be lifing. Life is hard sometimes. No one said that this was going to be an easy journey. We hear that in the songs all the time. Nobody told me that it would be easy. No, they sure didn't. They never said that. But God is with us. His grace is sufficient. It is enough when we're not enough. It is enough when we are not enough. 
you have to cast down those thoughts. You got to hop on Bible study even when you don't feel like it. When the enemy's saying, oh, you tired. You don't have to. You don't need to. It's not just something to do. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. And so your spiritual life really depends on it. And so this week in Bible study, our Bible study time was such a blessing. The fellowship of believers, the connection, and the word of God was such a blessing to me. It helped my life. The fellowship of believers will help your life if you let it. But if you isolate yourself, you are missing out. And the enemy wants you to do that. He wants you to pull away. You don't need them. They can't help you. Mm-mm. Not so. Not so. So you have to push past that. Push past those fears. Push past those feelings. And plug in. And stay connected. It is a blessing. It blesses my life. Even when my kids are running around screaming. And while I'm on mute. <laughs> I can still be there. I can still be there and I can still be a part. And so do what you have to do what you need to do to make sure that you plugged in and that you still see him because he is there. Even when you feel like he's not, he's there. Okay, whether you feel him or not, you need to remain steadfast in a place of worship. Okay, because when you worship and when you engage the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter whether you have a feeling, you have a knowing. You have to have a knowing because feelings are fickle. Feelings are fickle and feelings will lead you astray. They have a place. Acknowledge them. Deal with them, but don't let them lead you. Don't let them lead you. And so the Holy Spirit Bless the name of God. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and helps us to have a knowing when feelings fade. When you don't feel like worshiping or when you, you're not in the place where you, you feel like giving God praise. The Holy Spirit helps you to remember that knowing. But remember what he did for you. Remember how you woke up this morning. Remember how you flipped that switch on and the lights came on? Remember how you cranked up your car and you could pull out of the driveway? A knowing. Remember when, had you left 10 minutes earlier, you would have been in that ditch? A knowing. The knowing is what matters, not the feelings. Feelings fade. Yeah, it feels great when we, we up in worship and there's high praise and the music is, 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 is right. You have that feeling, right? Nothing wrong with that. Right? And so what happens when all of that fades away? There's no drums thumping, no keyboard going. Praise team isn't leading you in worship. It's you and the Lord. Do you have a knowing? You have to know. So when we grow in our relationship with Christ, we grow in grace for this journey. We grow in our knowing. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we start operating in victory. Because there is victory even when things seem dark. There is victory. Victory is imminent. 
You have to believe that. You don't have to stay stuck that day. God is gracious. We serve a gracious God, and he is equipping us and propelling us so that we can move forward. All things work for good. It's working for your good. It may not seem like it, but I'm here to encourage you that it's working for your good. It's working for your good, and it's working for his glory. And we have to remember that part, his glory, right? Because sometimes we become so focused on self that we miss Holy Spirit and we miss that it's for his glory. That he is sovereign and that we live in a controlled environment that he controls. And so whatever he allows to happen, remember, it's for his glory. So before you get upset and before you get yourself all out of sorts, remember a controlled environment. Bishop preached about that a few months ago, and that thing stuck with me about how we lived in a controlled environment. So nothing, nothing is out of his control. He sees and he knows all. And so this struggle might seem like a lifetime. But when you come out of it, you realize, God, you were there all the time. You were orchestrating. You were ordering my steps because the word does say that the steps of a righteous man, some translations say a good man, but what it says is that they're ordered by the Lord. So he will order your steps. He will order your steps. And so remember that he's equipped you. Scripture tells us that he's equipped us with everything we need for life and godliness, right? That's what the word says. And so we can move forward. We can move on about our kingdom business because that's what this is really about. It's not really about what God can give us and the provisions, but it's really about his kingdom business. And so the grace that he gives us is for us to do his work, okay? And so God has given us the grace to thrive and not just survive, y'all. He wants us to thrive, okay? He has given us the grace and given us the push to wage war and remain in faith. Uh, we, we have to push, okay? We, we have to push to declare that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So he, he is well acquainted with what you're going through. And he intends for his rod and staff to comfort you. That's what the word says, right? And so we have to push. We have to have the push in us to declare the word over our situation and all the way through the situation, right? We have to see it through. And we have to have the push to walk by faith and not by sight. I remember when I was younger, I was a kid. My mom preached this message. And um, the title was, It's Not What It Looks Like. It's not what it looks like. A situation can look really messed up, really dark, really confusing, y'all, but it's not what it looks like. God has it under control. And so when we realize that it's not what it looks like, we'll be graced with the ability to see things differently. To see things differently. A wise person said that to me via text yesterday um, about just how God sometimes does things and, and you have to change your perspective and the way you look at it so that you can see how he's operating. Thank you, Minister Smalls. You have to, you have to change your perspective so you can see how he's operating. And um, Thursday night, Wednesday night, no, Thursday night, Thursday night, Bible study, Brother Jonathan, who does an excellent job uh, leading Bible study. And so um, join us on Thursday nights if, if you haven't joined Bible study. 
Um, but he talked about the uh, prayer of Shema in the book of Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. Um, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. And it tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. And so Brother Jonathan encouraged us to begin to say that in prayer, um, to, to minister that to the Lord in prayer. And so yesterday I was um, praying and I prayed that and I, I heard the, the Lord say that he, wanted, he wants us to enjoy him. Because sometimes, like, we just go through the motions. And we don't even realize that we're not, we're not really enjoying life. We're not enjoying God. Because we really get stuck on what stuff looks like. And we really forget to enjoy God. And so we have to enjoy him, even in the toughest of moments. And, and delight ourselves in him. Because that's what the scripture says. And he'll give us the desires of our heart. But that piece of it is not just about our desires. It is about us aligning with him so that our heart's desires becomes his desires. And so that way we become less focused on what things look like and what we don't have and the gaps and the things that seem to be missing because we're so in tune with him. We have such an intimacy with him. We enjoy him so much that our focus is on him. And yet we're human, right? He knows our frame. There is grace for this frame. <laughs> there is grace for this frame. <laughs> we need that grace. And so, but the grace is not for us to be complacent and to sit and to keep living life the same way. The grace is for growing. The grace is for growing closer to him. The grace is for, for us being more like Christ. The grace is to continue sanctifying us. The grace is for us to continue being filled, be being filled by Holy Spirit. That is what the grace is for. I will not be stuck. I will not be stuck. I will enjoy the Lord. I will grow in my intimacy with him so that things don't take me out. The devil be trying to snuff y'all out. You have to see him for who he is. He only wants to snuff you out. He wants you to go down with him. You can't. I will not be stuck. He wants you to stay in that place, that low place, that low place, and believe that there's no way out. But there is a way of escape. There's a way of escape. Don't say I can't today because you can. Bishop reminded us last week that we're snared by the words of our mouth. Proverbs 6 and 2. Get up and press. There's grace for it. Maybe yesterday didn't go so well. That's all right. There's grace for it. Get up today and do better. Don't be stuck. Don't be stuck. There is grace for the push. Amen. Grace for the push. Amen. Amen. Bless the name of God. That's what the Lord has given me for today. Grace for the push. So we're going to pray. I want you to think about what you need grace for. What is that area of your life where you just, you just feel weak? He said that we could boldly approach the throne of grace.
Those words, y'all, there's truth and there's power and there's life in those words. And I thank the Lord for reminding me of that this week. I thank God for opening my eyes and helping me to see how his grace was at work in my life just this week. Because sometimes you feel like you're being squeezed. Like you're being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And that pressure can be a lot. But when I, I change my perspective and realize that I'm being held by God. I'm, I'm being held by you, Lord. Your grace is sustaining me, God. Life be lifing, but you be holding. You be holding me, God. Mm. Man, we are blessed. I remember when I was growing up, my grandmother used to say that all the time. And, you know, we have these the church colloquialisms and things that we say. And I realized, you know, as an adult that she really meant it when she said it. When you ask her how she's doing, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Or she used to say, oh, we blessed, we blessed. And we used to laugh at that because we like, who is we? I asked you, how you doing? We blessed. Know what she said? You blessed too. You may not recognize it. You don't see it because it doesn't look like it. But we, she said, we blessed. Not we are blessed. She said, we blessed. We blessed. And she would say, we blessed even in pain. She would say, we blessed even in lack. You ask her how she, she's doing. And that's what she said. And she always said it with such joy and enthusiasm. You talking about a woman that loved the Lord? I remember when she was sick, and my grandmother, she loved church. She was like Bishop, y'all. She loved church. She loved church. And she got to a point where she couldn't leave the house anymore to go to church. And um, so she wanted the church to come to her. And so she, she, planned, she planned a prayer service at her house one evening. Sick. She was sick. Not well. But she made us get her dressed so she could sit up on the side of that bed and she made us get a microphone. (sighs) And she had chairs set. She was in her bedroom and she had chairs set up in the living room and some of her sisters-in-law and a few other people came. And, And even in her sickness, she prayed and she was pouring into people and still saying, we bless, we bless. And so I had that example, right? That was the example that I had of what it meant to really understand what it meant to be blessed and to enjoy the grace of God, even in hard times. I would be so aggravated at night because we would have to get up real early on Sunday mornings for church because we had to be there first. And my grandma would lay in the bed at night and speak in tongues and pray y'all real loud all through the night. Like, we didn't have to go to church the next morning. But when I tell you that that was my example, that was my example, my understanding of of even when I feel like I don't have it in me, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm in pain, even when I'm going through trials and situations, I owe the Lord my praise. I owe him my devotion. I owe it to him. We owe it to him not to stay stuck. So think about those areas where you feel stuck. Think about those areas where you feel stuck. And we're going to pray. Amen. Amen. If you'll stand as as we join in prayer. 
And even as you think of areas where you may feel stuck or you have an area of weakness or you just need encouragement, I want you to think of someone else as well. Whether it be a family member, a coworker, a friend, somebody that you know who might just seem to be hanging on by a thread. I challenge you to encourage that person. I challenge you to lift them in prayer. I challenge you to go to God on their behalf. Be engaged. Be engaged. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we love you so much. We thank you for first loving us. Thank you for sending your son, hallelujah, to pay the price for us so that we can have access to your grace, so that we can now be declared joint heirs with Christ, so that we now have access to Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God, we thank you that we are loaded with benefits because of what you have done on Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive us for any moment where we have taken that for granted. Thank you for your grace that is sufficient. Thank you for your strength. Even in our times of weakness, when we are not enough, Father, you are enough. Father, you know all and you see all and you know the areas of our lives where, Lord God, we're struggling. <laughs> where, where we can't seem to see our way clear, where things just don't seem to make sense where our hearts need to be encouraged. And God, we just ask you to come in and do a work, Lord. And Father, as you're doing your work, help us to be aligned with your work. Help us, Lord God, not to get caught up in how it feels, but to have a knowing about who you are, who your word declares you to be. Help us to remember that we are blessed, that we are highly favored, and that we belong to you. Lord, I thank you that in Jesus' name, that you are going to turn some situations around this week, that we are going to see transformation, that we're going to see transformation in our thinking, Father, that our thinking will be elevated, even if our situation is not. Hallelujah, Jesus that our hearts and our countenances will be bright and elevated even when our situation looks dim. Thank you, Lord God, that your joy is our strength. Thank you that in your presence is the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Father, help us to delight ourselves in you this week, Lord. Father, help us to lean not to our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge you, Father, and you are going to direct our path. Thank you that as we wait on you, that we'll be of good courage. We'll be of good courage. Now, Father, we lift up those that we are connected to who may be struggling today. Thank you for your grace in their lives. May you open their eyes to see that victory is imminent. May you open their eyes to see that help is on the way. May you open their eyes to see that you've been there all the time. Encourage their hearts. Minister grace to them today, Father. Now, Lord, we lift up our, lift up our pastor and first lady and anyone who might be traveling. Lord, we pray for traveling mercies. Thank you that your grace will abound. Thank you, Lord God, that you will give your angels charge over them, oh God. Be glorified in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Now, for anyone who might be watching or even here in the sanctuary who may know the common grace of God but don't know his grace as a believer, I encourage you to give your life to the Lord. He loves you, always has, and always will. That same grace belongs to you. So if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know him, get to know him. Get to know him. So we're going to pray for you. And you can repeat after me. Father, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I'm a sinner who cannot save myself. I thank you that you died for me to be free. Thank you that you took my sins on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done on my behalf. I believe in my heart that I am saved. And I thank you for the grace to live this life. Forgive me, Father, for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.